COVID-19 has prevented us from gathering together for large in-person events the way that we were used to before the pandemic. And few places have felt the effects of that more than in houses of worship, where the weekly in-person gatherings are an integral part of their purpose and mission. And today we ask the question, how has COVID-19 changed the house of worship going forward? And joining me to answer that question is Jeremy Bagwell. Jeremy, thank you so much for joining me. Hey, glad to be here. I'm excited about the conversation. I am as well. Jeremy is the Business Development Manager for Worship Production at Ross Video, and he's going to be walking through uh, this conversation with us because, Jeremy, there is so much to talk about when it comes to this area. But first and foremost, you worked at a, at a large church at the beginning of this pandemic. Kind of tell me about that experience, some of the things you saw, some of the conversations that were taking place uh, at, at being a part of that church. Man, it was uh, fascinating, to say the least, uh, challenging I work for North Point Community Church, which is just outside of Atlanta, large multi-campus church. And um, I remember that day when we had a staff meeting and it was like, hey, we're not going to meet in person. And then all of a sudden we're scrambling to figure out what we're going to do, how we're going to do it. Uh, originally, we we're like, oh, we're a couple of weeks into this and then we'll be back. And then as time went on, uh, things quickly changed. I think one of the most challenging parts was just the decision making process. I mean, for me, I was a production director making decisions about live production, and then all of a sudden we're thrust into a position where we're like, maybe we pre-record this thing and we run it on Sunday on the web, maybe we do it live and some decisions, and then all the decisions then bubble up to like a, kind of a central place. And so I know my boss was being hit left and right with decisions and we're waiting on decisions. So just the pace of decision-making changed from almost, it was almost like hourly, things were changing. So. Uh, yeah, it was really fascinating. I think every church, large and small, felt the crunch of like, what do we do now? Um, and it's been fun kind of seeing how it's uh, played out. You know, people have risen to the occasion and made it work. So uh, does that answer your question? I don't know. Yeah, if it does. yeah I, I think so, because you're right in pointing out just the, the various decisions that had to be made, right? The, the decision to, are we going to pre-record this or are we going to go live? How are we going to stream? There were so many decisions to make that kind of, how did you walk through that process um, and what did that look like for you specifically? Because uh, those conversations, I'm sure, were, were difficult conversations to have and there are positives and negatives on both sides. Yeah, I think it was, uh, we, we did it collectively as a team for the most part um, and we walked through the pros and cons of like, okay, if we're here on Sunday, do we have volunteers? Do we wear masks? Do we sanitize? Like so many things that we've never really had to think through before. Um, we landed at a place where we're like, okay, if we if we can pre-record this thing, but it still feels live, then that's what we should do. If it's live, it needs to be like really live and there be must be a big value for the reason why we do it live on the web. So as we thought through our worship service flow and thought like, okay, here's what we're doing, here's our programming, it made sense to do a pre-record because you could not really tell a difference whether it was live or pre-recorded. Um, so the experience on the other side of the screen was like, okay, this is what we do because we've been broadcasting on the web for a long time. Um, so it made us and allowed us to really utilize our assets, our people and our gear the right way doing a pre-record. So when we just kind of started laying it all out and asked the question like, what is the difference if we bring, because obviously bringing people in on a, you know, early Sunday morning during those like early COVID times is a little, the intensity is a little ramped up um, and you get one shot to get it right. Um, so for us, it's like, okay, well, we can take a day, record uh, some songs and record a service and then pass it off to an editor. And our editors all of a sudden became very busy, but, uh, you know, pass off the editor, get it edited, then 
play it. So it made sense for us to do pre-record for those uh, reasons. Yeah, so that, that was the decision that you made. And, and um, I, I think it was beneficial that you were already streaming services beforehand. But for a lot of churches, this wasn't something that was taking place, right? Or, or maybe it was, but just on a much, much smaller scale. And then all of a sudden, you can't hold in-person events. And so streaming became a much bigger emphasis for a lot of these churches. What are the challenges in going from not streaming at all or streaming on a small scale up to, you know, ramping up to your entire production and everything that you do is now streaming? and all of your members are now remote. What are some challenges associated with that process for churches? Oh, man, um, a lot of challenges. Uh, so a church right down the road that I grew up at, uh, I know them really well. They didn't have any cameras. They didn't have a video switcher. They had really no way of getting it to the web. And so they scrambled real quick um, and decided from, thankfully, they were financially at a position place where they could invest some money, which obviously we'll start there. Money is a big problem a lot of times. And so uh, they were at a place where they could uh, buy a couple of cameras and a video switcher. Uh, some folks jumped in and we kind of said, okay, we can help, you know, get you going. Um, but other churches like decided like, hey, I'm going to use my iPhone and use Facebook Live. Um, in fact, a lot of churches don't even stream to their website. They do Facebook Live or YouTube Live or these free kind of uh, sources. So it's, you know, there's so many churches, uh, 100 people or less, always scaling up to, you know, 20,000. And so everything in between. And so at the end of the day, it comes to like, what is your resources? What can you execute? Um, and in my opinion, what really, really matters is uh, the content. You know, it's it's the stuff that people are there to, to engage with and grow with and be challenged by. So the content really matters. We just want to be able to um distribute that content clearly uh, so there's no distractions. So I think some of those, every church has to kind of wrestle around with their values. You know, like, okay, what what is the value for me? Is it like having a great camera shot and all that kind of stuff? Or is it, can I just run it on my iPhone and be okay with it? You know, so everybody's going to kind of land a little bit differently uh, when it comes to that stuff. But yeah, challenges are uh, immense. And we don't even start on lighting because at the end of the day, if you don't have good light, you don't have good video. So we'll just kind of leave that there for now. <laughs> you know, that, that, that's, a, that's a great point. And when I think about COVID-19 and the pandemic and, and what has gone on over the last year, one of the biggest curiosities and, and, and things that I think about, I guess, is, is how have things changed that won't go back to the way they were before, right? I, I think a lot of people wonder that when it comes to the office setting. Will I ever go back into an office the same way that I did before? Um, you know, d different questions like that. Will I ever actually go to the grocery store to buy groceries or will I always have it delivered now? Um, so I, I think there are questions about, hey, what types of things have the has the pandemic changed that won't ever go back to the way they were before? And I wonder the same thing with houses of worship and with churches. What sorts of things do you think have evolved during this time or, you know, made a necessary adjustment during this time that, that maybe now that that cat's out of the bag, we're never going to get it back in? Yeah, I think streaming online is definitely one of those things. Because at the end of the day, um, you think about like um, the folks who uh, ha have basically are the vulnerable folks, right? The folks that like, okay, COVID-19 is a big deal. Um, and those folks are not going to come attend an in-person uh, service for a long time. And so there's an expectation now set, no matter if you're the 100-person church or the 10,000-person church, that there's going to be some type of web stream, some type of way to to get that content, the church content, some way to feel like you're part of a church body and our membership. Um, that's going to have to exist 
for a good long time. I don't know if it will really ever go away. I think it just, everybody, to be honest, pre-COVID-19, everybody had some kind of theories about online engagement, had some theories about like ways of doing church online and what does an online church look like? Well, COVID-19 just kind of thrust us into this experiment and said, okay, hey, we're going to figure it out and uh, we're going to see how it goes. And I think we've learned a lot of things like having a web stream or, you know, do, putting your content on the web matters. And I think people engage with it and uh, it's going to happen. And I think you're just going to have to have it whether it's five people online or whether it's a hundred thousand people online viewing it, it's just going to become part of your thing that you do uh, no matter what uh, size church you are, which means your budgets change, which means like operationally, now you have a video system that you got to maintain. You got some subscription services you got to deal with. And so, you know, your 2021 budget is different in production now than it was uh, previously. And then that brings up a whole bunch of decision-making things that you, you know, whoever the production person is has to, you know, make some of those decisions. But yeah, does that answer your question? Yeah, yeah. And you, you, took us to an interesting place, and that is talking about budgets for 2021 and um, production directors and, and people who are in leadership positions making decisions as far as how do we evolve and what decisions do we make with equipment, um, with software, with technology, things along those lines. How do we evolve moving forward with the understanding that, that online streaming will be a thing moving forward? And I think that these are always tricky conversations to have between church leadership and production directors because there can be a, an element of not speaking the same language. A production director trying to convey why this is important in church leadership, maybe not understanding terminology and, and what exactly that person's trying to communicate. I know that that's a circumstance I've seen play out in the past. And just wondering if you have any advice for people who are in that circumstance, you know, production directors who are trying to convey the importance of new equipment, new technology, ways that will enable them to, uh, to better stream online in the future. Um, any tips for, you know, speaking the same language as church leadership and, and trying to understand one another? Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's kind of a soapbox issue for me uh, because I've been doing this thing for, 14 years in total, I worked full-time in church production. So I've been part of a lot of these conversations, been privy to dealing with it, and also been on the side of like asking my boss for um, budget and then him going to the, to the leadership. So um, let's back up and start from a long time ago. At the end of the day, what was happening is people gathered and heard and, and were took place in teaching and this um, collective community of a body of believers um, fellowshipping together. And then as we fast forward the span of time over the last thousands of years, um, our societies had developed. And so what once was um, a church needed low technology, now fast forward in 2021, the church needs high technology to function. And for me, this is just me nobody else's opinion, not of Ross video, not in the churches I've ever worked for. But in my opinion, what uh, it's been great to see this like advancement of technology in churches. But what hasn't necessarily also advanced is the, um, and this is, I mean, there's some churches that do this well, others that don't do it well. But thinking through like our church needs technology to survive. I think that's a really hard thing for uh, church leadership to wrestle around with because we believe in a higher power anyway. And so when we say, hey, we need technology to survive, that's a tough pill for them to swallow. But it's a reality in a lot of ways, because at the end of the day, what is most important is that content and the teaching and the gathering together. And so 
technology exists to make all that happen. Um, so when you think about that, you think about, okay, like, so what type of technology do we need to ha make it happen? And I think there just has to be a real wrestling around with some of the values uh, when it comes to that way, that stuff. Like, do we want this like really awesome broadcast scale um, gear that doesn't fail and it, it works. And then it also has a great volunteer experience and we engage volunteers to make it happen. Um, and so when you start wrestling around with those values, then you begin to see it bubbling up. Now, here's how it happened in real life. For me, my production team wrestled around with those values. We came to a place where like, we, here's what we value, but the budget didn't reflect those values. And so what you have to do is then push that up to, push the conversation up and it's not about we want the best gear, but it's here's some of the values of the reasons why we're making those decisions. Here's what we see as church progressing over the past, you know, thousand years or so. Here's what it looks like now. And here's the ways that we feel like we can uh, utilize our technology. So I think it's a, it's a, it's just a mutual conversation that you have and say, Hey, Let's just deal with what reality is. Um, and then if the budget's not there, let's work towards 2022 having the budget. So we realize like overnight, you're not gonna come up with another million dollars, right? Like production guys know that. Um, we're aware of that. So when we ask for things, um, but leadership loves seeing you make a plan for the future. And so instead of us asking the leadership to make the plan, we say, hey, over the next five years, if we can do X amount of dollars per year, sock it away, then we'll be able to buy the system that we really need, you know, three, five years from now or whatever it may be. So being able to have those conversations and making sure that you're on the same uh, in sync with the same values uh, is really important. And I think if you can really just help people understand like, the migration that we've been on from low technology to high technology uh, to make church happen. Um, yeah, that's that's my soapbox. I, at the end of the day, the church production managers are the heroes of our story because at the end of the day, we have this Sunday experience and they hold up this incredible thing and message that they feel personally responsible for and it's their profession. And so there's this high buy-in, high commitment and, um, yeah, it's it's and it's very challenging at times. So that's why I always say those guys are our heroes. Absolutely. And uh, so, Jeremy, take me up to where you are now. So you're now working at Ross Video. How are you still enabling the worship experience, the um, you know, enabling the the gathering of of houses of worship? But from the other side now, uh, working with Ross Video, uh, tell me a little bit about your role now and, and what you hope to achieve. Yeah, uh, I am really, really excited. Um, I love Ross Video. I was a Ross Video user for a long time, uh, kind of part of the reason why I got the job. Um, but business development uh, for us at Ross Video, and this is the way I like to phrase it to people, is that I champion the cause of church for Ross, um, which it's not the other way around, right? At the end of the day, what I felt like for the last 14 years with manufacturers sometimes don't get uh, worship production market. Like a lot of times I feel like, oh, it's products and services that are like kind of like from the news market or from the sports market and we're just fitting it into the church market. So for me, business development at Ross is, hey, we want to have products and services and solutions that fit the church market, um, both price point and functionality. We want to be on the forefront of making sure that your volunteer experience is awesome. Uh, we want to support you um, and we want to uh, help you create the very best services you can. At the end of the day, our, this is, our products don't do the creativity. 
again, our, our end users, you know, our folks sitting around a table in a creative meeting, that's, that's where creative creativity comes from. We want to provide uh, production live production solutions that maximizes your opportunity for creativity. So um, I think it's just, I'm excited because I get to influence those things. I know the conversations I've had with our product teams and with our sales teams and um, ways that we're able to uh, champion the cause of church uh, for Ross. So uh, I'm really excited about it. Um, looking forward to what's the what the future holds. Um, yeah, I could talk a long time about that. So <laughs> I could keep going. Well, I, I know from from previous conversations um, and, and previous episodes of, of this show that Ross has a lot of tools like dashboard and things like that that can be really, really beneficial in house of worship settings. Um, what types of things you know, and what types of tools that Ross provide are you particularly excited about bringing more into the house of worship market that you think will be really, really beneficial yep. for them? Yep. So this is the way I say it for anybody that um, I'm going to give a kind of a subtle shout out to uh, my favorite restaurant, which is Chick-fil-A. Um, so if you know Chick-fil-A, so here's what Dashboard is uh, to the church market. Dashboard is what Chick-fil-A sauce is to Chick-fil-A. It is like the secret sauce. If you've ever had Chick-fil-A sauce, you're like, oh, man, that's good. So Dashboard is that and Dashboard's free. Um, it's a control software that allows you to control ROS devices, allows you to control uh, third-party devices. It's amazing. What I found is a lot of people don't understand the power of Dashboard, don't understand what Dashboard does, the power of it, and that you, for free, can be a really powerful Dashboard user um, and really a developer. Um, developer is kind of a big, heavy word, but at the end of the day, you can do it. Um, and Ross has a bunch of tutorials. In fact, we just released a series of tutorials that helps you build what I would have wanted uh, when I was a church production manager, a dashboard panel that controls a whole bunch of different other different devices. So we released a bunch of tutorials to help you build that panel. Um, so you'll see over time, like we really, really, or I personally really want to help create uh, more dashboard um, tinkerers, as I like to call it. So not developers, but tinkerers. And you're going to have some incredible stuff come from that. Um, great ways to make uh, help volunteers control things. Great ways for you to, uh, what I say is get out of the ditch when your service goes sideways and something production-wise messes up. You know, uh, you can have a panel that gets the switcher back to the right source or make sure the recordings are recording and things like that. So uh, yeah, dashboards a big initiative. The dashboard team's all about it. And uh, I think you're going to see some fun stuff come from it. Well, like Jeremy mentioned, there are a ton of resources on Ross Video's website where you can find more tutorials and information about products and that sort of thing uh, if you want to learn more. And also, you can just contact Jeremy as well, and I'm sure he'd be happy to, to walk you through any questions you have. Jeremy Bagwell, Business Development Manager of Worship Production at Ross Video. Jeremy, thank you so much for joining me today. Man. Oh, man. Thanks for having me. I'm looking forward to what happens. Yeah, and I really look forward to post-COVID world too. It'll be fun getting out and seeing everybody and seeing what we come up with. It is going to be an exciting time and I can't wait for that as well. And everyone, thank you so much for tuning in to this episode. We appreciate it very much. We'll be back soon with more from Ross Video. But until then, I've been your host today, Tyler Kern. Thanks for watching.